Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and thank you for coming back for another episode of Deplorable Nation. Today, I have another brand new guest to the show. Super duper excited to talk to him. Um, we are going to have a fantastic discussion today and probably enlighten a lot of people. So welcome, DJ Poolhouse. How are you, love? Oh, my goodness, Janet. Thank you for having me. This is totally thrilling. I'm so excited to be here. I've been saying all week that, that I'm a, like a deplorable who's never got put in the basket. And I feel like I'm finally <laughs> being put with the other deplorables, and it feels fantastic. <laughs> hey, I am the deplorable that's hanging halfway out of the basket, I think. They were getting ready to drop me on my head. <laughs> they can never really put a deplorable in a box or a basket, right? Right? Too, right? Too for that. <laughs> but no, truly, it's, uh, it's really exciting to be talking to you this evening. Well, I am super glad that you are here to have a discussion with me. So first and foremost, I want you to tell my guest and my listeners um, a little bit about you. Who is DJ Poolhouse? Who is he indeed? Something of, I guess, a mystery, perhaps. But I'm an elusive Anon, an internet Anon. Uh, maybe just a guy, but maybe also like a time-traveling, science fiction, like disco superstar. It's it's hard to say. You know, in between there lies a truth, a reality. Uh, but really, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm a person who's out here. Um, I consider myself a soldier in the information war. Like, truly, uh, a person who really throttled and felt uh, like I couldn't say what I wanted to say and uh, really just you can't put somebody with this kind of unbridled energy like, like we said it in a box for too long without them <laughs> bursting and so the box burst and DJ Poolhouse came pouring forth uh, rushing <laughs> onto the scene for better or for worse uh, to the great chagrin I must say it's a lot of like haters and losers and like deep state uh, warlocks and whatnot. I've made a lot of <laughs> enemies, but I've made a lot of friends, including now the horrible Janet. This is awesome. I just have to tell you this. Um, so you possibly could be a time traveler because you, honest to God, remind me of a musical figure that is no longer with us who was the lead singer of one of my very, very favorite bands back in the day. Do you wait. want to take a guess? I mean, well, I will say I share a birthday with Jimi Hendrix and Steve Bannon. I want to brag about that one too, but like, I don't think it's Jimi Hendrix. Um, I, I can't, I'm, I'm completely. You sorry. look like Freddie Mercury. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. And I love Queen. That was one of my I favorite. I will movies. take okay. it. But I'm old. So there you go. Well, I'm as a time traveler of an indeterminate age. But I, I know my Freddie Mercury is a handsome, strong, wonderful rock star, I will say. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like Radio Gaga, a, a forgotten song by Queen, I feel like. it's. Uh, um, I don't know if you know that one. Like Radio Gaga, the video, the whole thing is... Uh, Pretty trippy. It's connected to one of my conspiracy theories about Lady Gaga, uh, which is obviously a reference to the name, but also like the whole movie Metropolis and like mm -hmm. cybernetics and stuff. There's a mystery uh, afoot there, but I will take the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo, Janet for the win. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, sweetheart, what is your show called and why did you start it? I started. It's a great, uh, great question. Uh, you know, it's called Here Comes the Backlash. There's two K's in backlash. And 
that's because it's a little bit of like a mutation maybe on the concept of like a, a backlash and the mm -hmm. title backlash with two k's it's actually like a a zine I started a long time ago, which is like a pretty young listeners. It's like a cut and paste, like kind of homemade magazine, right? I would make these kind of photocopied little, uh, like, you know, handouts at the, at the club. <laughs> we were kind of like wild and crazy disco kind of uh, club kids back in the day with a little bit of like a punk rock twist, right? And so mm -hmm. that's where I got my start. And it was a little conspiracy oriented. It was whatever I wanted to write about and my friends wrote about. And it's really something that I kept going for like a long time now, Janet. It's been like over uh, over a decade and a half, I was putting out this thing, you know, intermittently. And then COVID happened and that was a real game changer. And I would definitely say I was like a conspiracy person before I was, I, I consider myself party based, I guess. I don't know. Like I, I had voted for Republicans and, and you know, independents and such. I didn't really consider myself a part of a any kind of like mainstream right. political thing. Um and that was always fine for me. Like I was telling you before, it was always okay with my family, my friends, my employers, for me to be just like who I was, right? That's mm -hmm. the whole message supposedly of uh, equality and, and whatnot, right? And all these things. But COVID happened and I felt very much like the things I was seeing were uh, very troubling, frankly. I was very, very scared at one point, and I felt like I couldn't express myself really safely to anyone. I got pushback like I'd never experienced in my life. And I was like, right. this is not normal. This is not okay. Uh, and I just kind of became aware of like the fact that we were in a very different time than I'd ever lived in my mm -hmm. whole life, even different than like 9-11 and all the, the craziness that brought forward. Um, and I just, I needed to figure out a way to, to get it out. I, and I, you know, in the tradition almost of like the great founding fathers and their like pamphlets and stuff, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm a, I'm a pamphleteer, but it's not really the day and age for like cut and paste, like running to Kinko's like, anymore. They, they don't have Kinko's. So I did like more of like a digital version. I put it together. Uh, first mm -hmm. it was like a sub stack, just kind of like posting what I wanted to do. Um, and I was invited by some friends on this program, Thoughts and Prayers, to shout out my friends. And they were just really great. And I felt uh, for the first time, like people were ready to hear what I had to say, kind of the crazy things I said were not sounding so crazy to people anymore. And mm -hmm. other people had crazy ideas too, and they were giving them back to me. And so it was like discovering this whole new kind of just network of people and I wanted to get to know them better. So it was really mm -hmm. for myself ultimately, first and foremost, I wanted to meet these people uh, and interview my fellow Anons from the internet and just figure out what their story was. And it quickly became just kind of a show about everything. It's hard to quantify, but it's a right. lot of people telling their stories, how they, a lot of people who were like left-leaning, you know, or very leftist before or liberal and how they kind of left that kind of uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, people who were always conspiracy theorists and were just like, hey, it's, it's finally happening. Uh, we talk about music sometimes. It's uh, a place for you to channel like i get flashes sometimes janet I, I should wrap this up but i do get like weird flashes when i'm talking to people sometimes now and so i feel like kind of it's almost like this like psychic uh cosmic outer space radio show you like, know I what i love that though i love that because that happens to me sometimes Ooh. and i'll have like a, a, a vision of something or i'll hear something and i'll be like oh i like it's almost mm -hmm. like I'm getting a download, a message, and it's like, oh, you, you better say this. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's real. It's like something about the electricity of two people talking, and we're like mm -hmm. having that conversation. We're using technology, which is kind of a form of magic, as far as I'm concerned. Like the fact that I can talk to you right now, <laughs> magic with magic. a K. <laughs> yeah, well, it's some combination. And I think uh, you know, like Jin, you know, a former guest of yours, I had on my program. Uh, he's we talk about things like kind of esoteric sometimes. It's all mm -hmm. just about like looking at the world through 
the pool house perspective, which uh, mm-hmm. I, I call it getting pool house pills sometimes, like just getting people a pool house pills and just uh, entertaining what's possible, you know? Right. And it's, it's so nice to be able to like branch out and talk to so many different people on so many different uh-huh. subjects and topics. And, you know, you had mentioned um, something that you have in common with me, and that is like uh, thinking that, you know, people didn't want to hear what you have to say or didn't want to listen to what you have to say. And, and I get asked that all the time, like, you know, about starting my show. And it was like a friend that I've known here locally for decades. And it was like prodding me and prodding me back in the day when, when, um, oh, what was it called? Ah, it was a, it was before Twitter started doing the lives it periscope oh yeah 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 um and he kept going you should do periscopes with me Mm -hmm. and whatever and i'm like oh shish nobody's gonna want to hear what i have to say even though we always have like very deep conversations about all kinds of stuff and whatever and i finally gave in and then he was on a podcast and he was like you have to come on and be a guest on the podcast and then oddly enough it was about covid and I'm like, I, I'm like, I really don't want to do that. I'm like, that is a really huge audience. And I don't, I'm not, I don't want to do that. I'm mm-hmm. like, nobody's going to want to hear me and, and whatever. And then it went from there being on their show, like six times to be in, okay, you know what? I have so much more to say. I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> yes. yes. And I can't shut up. I can't help it. <laughs> We're twinning. We're totally twinning. Same, same my, <laughs> my husband laughs at me all the time because we can be like at the grocery store or, or wherever. And like, I will just talk to somebody and I don't even know him or they'll come up and talk to me. And he's like, I'll go wait in the car because I know it's going to be. <laughs> I feel you. It's so funny. I was a, I was actually, believe it or not, a quiet person, like as a youth, like I was kind of shy, you know? Oh, like, I was too, badly. <laughs> my grandpa and my mom were very like much like, we're going to talk to the, the checkout clerk, you know, for an hour or whatever. And I was always like, oh, it's so embarrassing, you know, whatever. And now here I am. I am DJ Poolhouse. Same. Not shut up. <laughs> same, same. And that's the thing, you know, like uh, we had talked a little bit before the show about like censorship and, and ways around censorship and, and stuff because my Twitter is like number seven now. And it's like, you know, some stuff that I kept getting like shut down for. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, or getting removed off of, you know, Facebook or Instagram or whatever, or, God forbid any video sites. That's why like, I don't post any of my stuff on YouTube because I know Mm -hmm. it would be gone Mm -hmm. within five minutes. (laughs) No, it's crazy. I feel like uh, more and more, I think we need just lots of other places. It's unfortunate, but it's like those central channels where it's like everybody's on YouTube or everybody's on this thing. Those immediately, like I'm sus with any channel, honestly, that's like successfully doing anything close to what we're doing, whether it's like discourse, like politics or health or like esoteric or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's getting hits on that. And I see people kind of openly brag about it sometimes. I don't want to be a hater, but they'll just be like, last year I started and now I've got 175,000 subscribers. And it's like, who helped you get that, bro? Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of like, 
like the elections, right? 81 million people voted for somebody that... Uh... 100%. All these numbers, I've learned to not... Uh, one lesson quickly was don't believe in the metrics. And I'm like kind of a metrics person. I believe in like data and stuff. Like I, I know that kind of world, but I also know it can be gamed. And then the right. internet, all this internet stuff, it's so fake, like the likes, the impressions, even on Twitter, the views. Mm -hmm. I've caught Substack, I swear, people think I'm crazy, but like reducing the counts of things. Like I, it's right. like the total listens go down. It, it does in the same time for you know and i've seen like uh, i don't know if you like dr meryl nass i think she said that like other bigger accounts I, I, bigger personalities have expressed this and the thing is it's so easy i think people think it takes this huge conspiracy it's like they can run a few scripts they put in a few keywords it does exactly. not take that much to institute this kind of censorship and any kind of data can be highly manipulated mm -hmm. kind of like during the whole uh you know covid thing during real time and they're manipulating VAERS data while people are in it, trying uh -huh. to use it. I mean, come on now. Yeah, are you familiar with DMED, like the military kind of database? There was another right. one similar, and I think there's a whole saga that's almost hard to wrap your head around because so much happened with it. It's clear something bad was going on with the military data and the numbers of you know adverse events, but it, we can't even get a full scope of what it really was, you know? Well keep that in mind so we can talk about that mm -hmm. along with this today because that ties in very nicely whether you know it or not with what we're going to talk about it does. It does. I mean, I feel like, well, it is all one big thing, right? I, I have trouble untangling any of this. And I think that's where I get uh, run afoul of the censors, to be honest, is that mm -hmm. uh, I make connections between, like, like, we call it the TQ, in my, my quarter, the, the trans question, like the idea of gender identity and these like marketed kind of things. I, I don't know, maybe that's controversial, shocking, because I'm like a big homo or whatever. And people think I'm going to support trans rights. And I don't believe in any of the LGBT rights stuff. It's such bullshit. It is the fakest thing. I would overturn the Civil Rights Act of 1964 tomorrow if I could, if I had the power. But uh, the point being is it's just like, that's all part of the same agenda that's connected uh -huh. to the defense, the, the COVID stuff, the HIV stuff, you know, the mm -hmm. lab there. Um, I, I don't see them as different. Ukraine, you know, that whole thing. Israel, all of these things have a deep, deep connection through the biodefense sector. And me saying that is going to get your show only taken down tomorrow. And, and <laughs> let me just say, you mentioned Israel. Mm. Keep that in mind, because that's also very important for our topic today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is a, I mean, it, it's all one big thing. And it's even like, I don't know, it, it just it does get pretty crazy. I, I'll, I'll rest it there. It gets kind of controversial when I bring up. Hundred <laughs> percent. So but, I want to, well, I got to tell our guests what we're going to uh, talk about today, because you have uh, started or done several episodes in a series on this. And when, when we were talking about what to do for a show, I was like, Oh, that's fascinating because <laughs> mm -hmm. everybody knows I'm a medical nerd. So <clears throat> today, kids and adults of all ages, we're going to talk about the age an HIV business that was going on back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. How did you get interested in this research? 
it's um it's a good question like you know everybody uh in america i guess i'm familiar with aids i've heard of it right um uh, so i'm in my like early 40s let's say so i'm an ancient millennial i came up of age uh during aids when it was kind of like uh it was a thing it was very scary Uh, i don't remember a lot of it but i do realize now that i internalized like a lot of fear around it i was in a kind of plague mentality since i was a kid and didn't really even think about that until like COVID happened really, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so then that's like, you know, okay, yes, I, I don't like the term gay. Like I said before, I, I rejected like gay with a little TM afterwards or all those little rainbow flags, the TM, <laughs> fucking hate it. No, not for me. That's, it is, it's a political party. I, and I encourage people to just reject it. it. It's okay, it's fine. You don't need to be labeled anything. I, I hate it. Right. That's what I talk about all the time is our society's need for labels Uh on Uh absolutely everything, whether it's labeling you with a, quote, medical disorder, Uh disease, virus, uh, mental health, this, that, the other, whatever it is, we cannot go through life without having to label stuff. Uh 100%. 100%. And that all goes back to technocracy because that's how they do mm-hmm. data segmentation. They need to tag everybody with all these things. Always mm-hmm. think about it. Who does it benefit when you're being called something? Does it really benefit you? Do you get profit from being called one of these identities or these political labels? Same difference. It all boils down to hogwash. Hey, if I got, if I got uh, paid for every time somebody called me a nasty name like bitch or the C word or something like that, I would probably be very wealthy right now because I am to the point in my life where I'm old enough that I don't give a, you know what, uh, what people's opinions of me are. It's a, it's a liberating feeling. And it's uh, like the word anti-vaxxer, for example, or mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, how big, how crazy can I get the word faggot being called that? I don't care. Like whatever, throw them at me. They don't mean anything because who you are is not these outer boxes. It's like, it's such a distortion. It really is something I'm passionate about because I think it's misleading. It makes people falsely believe they're kind of, they're belonging to something and finding something about themselves. It's the exact opposite. That's exactly the the reason why our society is so hell bent on making labels. It is for Mm -hmm. that social Mm -hmm. conditioning for people to fit into whatever box is labeled right exactly uh you did ask i'm really good at tangents too Jenna. you may have to raid me in but you you asked me this question that that is important though because i'm not an inside the box person even when it comes to aids it does impact me though obviously you know like uh, i'm a homosexual male it was always in the background and i when this prep stuff happened like i guess like uh, maybe in 2015 there was these new kind of retroviral treatments being given out by the company gilead who uh-huh. uh, once run by Hey, uh, Donald Rumsfeld once upon a time before he was our Secretary of Defense. They're up to their ears and bullshit. Excuse me. And I was going to say, <clears throat> from Gilead, a company <laughs> that sponsors Congress. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, and it's again, it's like so such a revolving door. It's hard for me to even say where the state and then you know ends and the pharmas begin. Right. I don't think it's really that clear. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and that's so. part of that's part of uh, the discussion that we're going to have today too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Let me let me zero in on that. I guess I should I need to land the plane here. But I guess really that all was important, right? So I seen these things building this prep stuff. I thought was very suspicious the way it was marketed. Uh, COVID mm-hmm. happens, right? And then COVID's like, okay, 
the whole world gets exposed to me. And I, <laughs> I, I don't know, like I, the whole vaccine thing really was a, a, a crystallization of a lot of things that I knew about like the new world order maybe or technocracy, but I realized I had not taken that seriously, honestly. I, I'd known it, mm -hmm. but I hadn't understood it maybe, I guess you could say. And mm -hmm. then it was like, oh, this is it. This is like what we've been like. This is what Alex Jones has been like raving about, right? Right. Um, we had to, it was like this is like it's go time right and so that's you know part of the impetus of starting my program i did start looking until i learned a lot about like virology and like what was going on with this lab origin of covid you know what was one of the vaccines that this whole program um, brought me to some interesting places and you know this whole space of alternative media is it's hard to navigate because there's a mm -hmm. lot of fake actors <laughs> frankly 100 yes. um, and i found the people who i really vibed with were the ones who didn't have that big of a following so i found these like scientists that, like uh kevin mccarran he's a, he's a doctor who does like some good streams on on this kind of topic and he had different guests on him this one was nick petoskey this uh researcher on uh, hiv lab origin theory um mm -hmm. he was doing basically like presentations like zoom classes like like i see is very common now in kind of the like kind of alternative medical space kind of like teaching other people right right um, mm -hmm. and so i got into it it was really interesting and I wanted to have them on my program when I started one. I was like, this is why I started this show. So I could just talk to these people and, and find out more information. Mm -hmm. And he, um, yeah, he agreed to come on the show. We had a great, a great time. And it started this, I don't know, ball rolling. It's kind of become bigger than I expected already, um, where he, I think Nick really appreciated kind of my style a little bit. Um, he has a really uh, scientific background. He's really, really bringing this knowledge. Oh my gosh, there's the crazy sirens behind me. Party. Um, <laughs> that coming to get you, run. <laughs> always do this, you know, the deep state and all there's a on my tail. Um, they like, he, he was just really learned. He's really informed. Uh, he was putting together these incredible decks, really like interesting presentations. So uh, Nick came on my program. He did his HIV lab origin presentation. And I found it was hard to still explain it to people i don't know everyone had heard of like peter duesberg this other kind of famous uh, hiv theory which is that there are no viruses it just kind mm -hmm. of happens or whatever right um and i was like no this makes so much sense this whole body of theory is like really concrete it's been going for decades people have been contributing to this research mm -hmm. how do i tell like my like fellow schizos you know i'm trying to get through like get through to them and they're, like, <laughs> and they're just kind of like oh yeah yeah sure for last year an aids denier and i'm like again i don't care about labels I actually welcome call me an AIDS denier I don't care that's not accurate I don't actually deny AIDS I have a very different theory but call me that if it gets me the attention or like my foot like in the door someplace because this entire lot lab origin theory to me feels ironclad it's mm -hmm. very researched and it directly relates to COVID-19 when you start to get your head around this theory you don't start to see as much separation there's a separation of history and the way it plays out between HIV and COVID-19 hot damn they are so fucking interconnected part of my I was gonna say the way <laughs> they're very very connected is just the way that they roll them out is slightly mm -hmm. different in nature now mm -hmm. because you know they would they would get caught faster if they did every one of them the same exact way it, it, it's iteration it's a program right exactly it's uh it's there's it's there's variables to the script right but they're kind of working off this playbook really in a lot mm -hmm. of ways and oh but excuse me, I'm like, this is the same people. It's all like, when you start to really get into this, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, wow, this theory, it's, it's been going on for decades. And so, yeah, I started this series to kind of unpack that a little bit in a way that I hope you could get through to people uh, to convey this, this more complicated concept that's been obscured. Right? I'm telling you, obscured for decades. So 
I just want to preface this by saying, think about this, people. The origin story of HIV and AIDS was that it came from primates in Central and West Africa. Kind of like mm -hmm. the bats from mm -hmm. Wuhan mm -hmm. or the wild pigs from, I don't know, Borneo or the African uh, mosquitoes that carry Zika virus or uh, the, the bird flu, the avian flu that came from a flock of whatever somewhere else. It's always animals. People are always, quote, wink, eating these animals. Mm -hmm. And that is how supposedly humans get that. Mm -hmm. However, if you study virology or science in any manner, you know that, quote, viruses, because I don't believe in viruses whatsoever, um, cannot jump from an animal host into a human host mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. without genetic manipulation. Just saying. It's, it's indeed quite sinister. And mm -hmm. I will even say like the virology is important, but it's also not important in some ways because you can kind of follow the political broad strokes and just the, the general course of research. Because um, I'm interested in like, I, you're saying Janet, that there are, are no viruses, I guess like, is it terrain theory, I think, versus kind of like virus theory right. or whatever, germ theory. Uh, right. And I kind of almost am like trying to be agnostic of that because I think, um, I know it almost feels like uh, it could get me sidetracked, I guess, in this kind of research to a degree. Do you know what I mean? That's I another show. Exactly. It's another <laughs> show. And it can also just like, uh, I want to be able to make the case without it, either one being true, I guess, if that makes right. sense. Kind yep. of like with JFK. That's how I feel that like JFK stuff, like the forensics is important. It's very interesting. And that's somebody like else is like research. And I'm like going to try to put that piece into like the bigger kind of puzzle here, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, and I'm excited too because. Uh, my whole perspective with this unsilencing series, that's what I'm calling it, the unsilencing, and we're bringing out these forgotten voices of this theory. It, mm -hmm. I'm not an expert, you know, I'm kind of coming new to a lot of this research. So it's me kind of telling a little bit my story or like kind of me getting my head around it too, which I think mm -hmm. is helpful for like listeners who maybe aren't you know, familiar right. with this, but I'm excited because I feel like you probably know well more than I could ever like <laughs> have compressed in the last couple of years, you know, I mean, through your lived experience and just through like everything you know. So like, I want to preface that as well. That hey, I cool. am a know-it-all. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're both, we're both always never wrong. I feel like for sure. Right. <laughs> but I think, um, no, I'm excited, but I do want to say that because I'm not like an expert, but I can tell you I'm sharp as a tack. I can tell you when there's some something not right and they're saying not right in every right. aspect because your your bullshit meter goes off yeah. and and yeah. that's the thing that i think is missing a lot of times nowadays is that people are missing that bullshit meter piece mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if they just stop to think critically for a moment about things they're being told <coughs> they would be like <clears throat> Excuse me, cat hair. They would be like, this doesn't make any sense. And they would question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But people are conditioned to reject that voice now. Everything in the media, all the messaging is reject your intuition, reject your rational reason, reject nature. Mm -hmm. Everything is reject nature, you know? Right. So let us talk about the Streckers 
-hmm. Dr. Robert Strecker and his brother and what you discovered in your research about who these people are, what they did and what they tried to do. Mm -hmm. The Streckers were a couple of guys from the 80s, I guess we'll say, that uh, have a, a document that's kind of somewhat notorious, somewhat, I guess, in fringe circles of internet research called the Strecker Memorandum. And it is both a video and a, like a document, right? And I'd never heard of this. Um, I did a lot of research into this AIDS kind of alternative theories, the lab origin. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was probably like a year, maybe, maybe more before I actually came across like the Streckers, the Strecker Memorandum. Uh, to be fair, I was like not focused solely on HIV that whole time, but I was surprised that this escaped my attention because I, I, I just I would have seen it sooner than that. And it is a remarkable video. I think it's really fascinating. People can uh, find it online. I've, I've documented it in, uh, in an episode of The Unsilencing. Uh, it's a, a guy from Los Angeles, a doctor, uh, Robert Strecker, who is kind of this like plain spoken, uh, really charming Midwestern doctor who, uh, with his brother, Theodore, uh, an attorney, were looking to do some research into like an HMO. I think they were going to start up. Uh, they wanted to know how HIV and AIDS was going to play out economically for a, a business, for their practice. Mm -hmm. um, in that process, they uncovered a whole bunch of research uh, between 1983 and about 1988 that shocked them. Uh, it was a very well-documented plan that Strecker says uh, was basically the World Health Organization and NIH ordering, requesting, and deploying HIV. Like They basically man-made it and released it either intentionally or possibly unintentionally into the public through a, a series of, uh, of experiments, essentially. Um, and yeah, that video, it was like, it was a shock. He put this video together with his brother, uh, kind of compiling their research to try to get the message out to the public. And I mean, I had not seen it. It's hard to find even still. It's in pieces on like Rumble and such, um, trying to make sure we have archived copies. And, and Nick Potosky, this researcher who I'm uh, kind of is inspired and then I'm collaborating on this series with, um, you know, has backups of this archive as well. But honestly, Janet, I was like, what the heck? Like, how is this so obscure? And it really just lays out the entire HIV lab origin really well. It's right. like an hour long video. You've got a Q&A section. It's very 80s, like cable access, right? Oh gosh, I got sirens again. Um, it's very cable access, right? But it's like, at the same time- I, I, I did guess, not you know, dox you, by the way. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> I did not dox you, yeah, so I'm not sending SWAT to your house. Always, I'm not, okay, I didn't joke <laughs> you. There, I make a joke on my show with the motorcycles, because like, Hell's Angels, for some reason, I swear, like, roll down my street every, like, every time I record, and I'm like, guys, come on. I'm, <laughs> I'm on my side. You want to uh, be on the show, too? <laughs> seriously. Anyways, shout out to my gang stalkers. But I feel like, um, yeah, no, this, this video was really, it's, easy to digest. He did it in a way that was uh, plain, I don't want to say plain spoken, he explains really complicated uh, concepts in a really clear way that people can just uh, understand. He mm -hmm. talks about how HIV research, uh, or HIV likely came from this kind of bioweapons research that was conducted mm -hmm. in the 1970s mm -hmm. under the code of something called the War on Cancer, which uh, was part of the Nixon's, uh, Nixon's administration. It's, it gets really wild, but essentially through that research uh, into these viruses which uh they thought might cause cancer allegedly kind of trying to see like you know can we make a vaccine maybe for a bioweapon that our enemies make or, or something to that extent uh they basically looked into a bunch of viruses that could attack t-cells attack immune systems all the receptors within the human body that are our best defense mechanisms 
specifically the World Health Organization paperwork and, and, and memorandums uh, kind of document a plan to find ways to subvert those, to attack nature again, to go against your immune system and mm -hmm. specifically target these things and specifically in a way that would have a, a period of latency or, or this idea that the virus could come into your body and kind of stay there. Whatever this, whatever happens, whatever they inject into you, that it would be there for a while and then activate, right? And there's a right. clear parallel. That's like, that is what HIV, you know, is, is understood mm -hmm. to be, right? It's this, uh, you get this infection or this uh, virus enters your body, but you don't immediately get sick. It's a period of years even before mm -hmm. you know, the symptoms known uh, collectively, you know, as AIDS starts to kind of manifest in, in a patient. And so it's really kind of like, hmm, this feels like a smoking gun, right? There's like real, real evidence of this research. First of all, it's all in the literature. It's very well disguised under technical jargon, which is kind of a form of witchcraft, I kind of feel like. It's mm -hmm. like 100% like, is, you know? yeah. It's obscuring it, but it's all there. And it's not only that, but it's all the people involved in this, what's called special cancer virus program, which by the way, special and special cancer virus program, it's like a, a classified designation sort of. So it's kind of indicating that the special is a, a classification. So this is actually a military research program, right? Being mm -hmm. kind of done under the idea of like ooh, public health and National Cancer Institute. But where is that? That's at Fort Detrick, right? <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> Exactly. And, and not just there. It's not just U.S. There's there's Israel, there's France, there's Japan. There's all mm -hmm. these centers identified around the globe. And it's almost like a honeycomb is what Nick, my, my collaborator, kind of describes it as where right. scientists are kind of in their cells working in their like research. And they don't really know what that's going to roll up to. They don't really know how that research might be repurposed or how it's going to be referenced later. Uh, and so they're kind of just heads down doing whatever. And all this stuff is as always, you know, petty uh, flattery and such. So all these scientists just want to be recognized for getting like, uh, you know, published and getting awards. And the way you do that is you get money from this purse, this, this bank called an NIH, is, you know, mm -hmm. they, cash, they pay you cash, you do the research and they collect your research and give it over to, you know, the next honeycomb over and they maybe do something else mm -hmm. with it. And so you can start to see this case for how this kind of research in this area could lead to these viruses. And then those people go on to become the experts on HIV themselves. They're the people mm -hmm. who become the authority on AIDS. Isn't that weird? Why? Yes. So um, speaking of having things uh, done at military and in mm -hmm. labs, et cetera, et cetera, um, a couple of things that I have to tell people, yeah. and I I talked about this on a show a long time ago, but we have a biological weapons treaty. Don't know if a lot of people know that it was actually signed April 10th of 1972. Okay. It is the biological and toxins weapons uh, convention. It prohibits strictly prohibits development production, acquisition, transfer, stockpile, and use of any biological weapons. Mm -hmm. However, <clears throat> there's a loophole, <laughs> and this is why a lot of uh, NATO members did not sign this treaty and won't sign mm -hmm. it. Um, they won't be a signatory, and they won't ratify this because there's a little loophole that says 
stockpiling for prophylactic, protective, or other peaceful purposes. Now, I just want to say, years and years ago, when I was still practicing, um, I did biological uh, biohazard uh, training, certified in any kind of biological terror attack that could have happened. Um, so, you know, we're talking anthrax and all kinds of toxins, poisons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, our military has been collecting taxpayer funding um, through our government since the establishment of the DOD, the Department of Defense. Um, and these fall under DARPA. Everybody's heard of DARPA. So for people that have not, the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. We also have a new one. It's called BARDA. Mm -hmm. BARDA is the Biomedical Advanced mm -hmm. Research Development Authority. Um, so these are, like you said, honeycomb labs that are set up not just in the United States. There's a lot of them in the United States. It's not just just in Maryland, <coughs> excuse me, or Virginia. We have them in Georgia. Um, we have them in North Carolina and Texas. I know for sure. They just found an underground one in California. <laughs> yeah, that was a Chinese one. That doesn't count. That's just that. That's just normal California. Mm, where where yeah. are they getting the Where are they getting the biologicals from? Well, it, yes, yes. And I want to say, uh, for, for people to work with bioweapons, you have to be like a level three or level four clearance bio lab. You have to follow strict protocol. Ha ha ha. Funny joke, right? Um, to be able to have those specimens in the first place. And I will tell you that there are cancer research hospitals who are not level three or four labs who deal in biologicals very highly toxic biologicals on a regular basis. Well, it unfortunately doesn't surprise me giving all the flagrant violations of well-established laws and treaties that we know it take oh. place regularly. Uh, that's Thank you for mentioning though, uh, it's BARDA, right? The, the, the new one, it's like right. the Biden administration doing this cancer moonshot they're calling it which that word that's a red flag first of all because what did what did he say when he was uh when he was campaigning <clears throat> that he was gonna cure cancer within two years isn't that what he said something insane like that that it sounded like old man biden just spouting off i know that was one of the crazy things chase manhattan told him to say actually because they do have this plan it is this mm -hmm. cancer moonshot and the reason i think it's important that you mentioned that is uh, I think sometimes people hear like AIDS or, AIDS or HIV, they're like, oh, it's like some intimidation. I don't need to worry about it. And I kind of get that. There is a, obviously, a, it's historically true. There is also, though, this other story to it, this other picture, this honeycomb pattern, right? Right. And this whole lung cancer, this 1970s operation, it's mm -hmm. being done again. It's never really ended. It's changed names, but it has not ended. They're now 
explicitly running the same script again, you know? Right. I feel like things like, it's run by Moderna. Moderna is the company that's going to make this cancer like a vaccine or whatever. Moderna mm -hmm. is another, I was just thinking about this today. Moderna is a fake, it's a part, it's a public private partnership, right? It's not quite right. the state. It's not quite a private company. It's DARPA. It's more of the same kind of black ops mm -hmm. projects. And so it's a, I think it's a mistake. I caution people. I understand. I do. I understand. I, I'm sick of hearing about AIDS sometimes. You know, it's like everywhere, especially if you live through the 80s or 90s. It was a, it was a big deal, right? But it, it is a part of everything that's going on now. And don't don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into the trap of like, oh, that's other people's problem or this is, you know, this is outside the scope of what I care about. It's, it's really, truly really connected if you do care about like COVID truth. Right. And that's what I was going to say that a lot of people... It goes in one ear and out the other because of the stigmata that's attached to it that it is, quote, a homosexual disease because mm -hmm. that's the way it was mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. told to the public by another, none other than the lovely Dr. Fuckji. <laughs> and Gallo, this no, guy Gallo who's still alive. Oh my God, they're both so terrifying. Oops, I drop my mic again. Oh my God. And and he went on national TV. And this is in my lifetime cuz like I said I'm quite a bit older. And and he literally went on national TV and was like you can become infected um from breathing the air of a homosexual mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. uh you know and everyone should basically selling fear porn everybody should be terrified. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what biological weapon they use, whether it's HIV, whether it's hepatitis, whether it's literally anything under the sun, COVID, whatever. It is not limited or targeted to just one group because they literally have every single human being's DNA mm -hmm. on file mm -hmm. for them to manipulate and use and, and advance through, you know, their gain of function research, how they can get it to genetically mutate or attack your DNA, your RNA, literally any kind of anything that goes with your genetic makeup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a disease mm -hmm. that fits in a label box where it's just one person or one group affected. I feel we're being like preach, preach over that because it's very grim, but saying it people need to understand this is a fight that it involves everybody right it, this is a, a, a very weird murky operation it's a scary mm -hmm. thing to learn about also i understand why people sometimes shut it down because it's like not everybody wants to be bio warfare pill that's kind of scary uh it's not not everybody i guess has like yeah the, the stamina like me and you janet to be able to like to triumph over it but it is important to at least be a cognizant of these things be aware that this is what's going on for right because sure. you mentioned those other illnesses Lyme disease do you know anybody with Lyme disease that's a, that is a bio weapon right you know? right same thing same thing you know and I was gonna say um through the taxpayer funding of DARPA and and all the other BARDA and all the other there's multiple organizations that get money and then money's transferred, money's funneled around. It, it's literally like a giant money laundering scheme, okay? But all of this money is literally going through the DOD. Hmm. 
for for quote vaccinations and under the guise of protecting the military and i will tell you there is a lawsuit right now um because the covid vaccine was discovered to be run through the dod that's why it went through operation warp speed that is how they can bypass any kind of clinical trials this is not the first time, so anybody that's having a heart attack and blaming Donald Trump, I understand where you're coming from, but at the same time, it has literally been this way since 1776 when they started running these uh, this money laundering scheme through our military to bypass clinical trials, and since... They've done that with the COVID vaccine. They are not subject to any kind of uh, payback or, you know, liability or anything because it was run through the Defense Operations Treaty mm -hmm. Act, whatever shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. No, yeah, hundred percent, and it's it's run through those things just like uh, the kind of scientific language is kind of a spell almost. Like there's all mm -hmm. this legal jargon. Like what you're describing right. is documented. I think it's it's like MCBRN. There's this uh, consortium. It's this uh, group right. of five eyes, you know, agencies. They they right. fund DARPA type projects. They fund uh, right. bio biodefense research. They're the ones who basically did COVID. You know, they, they're all, it's all documented. There's a paper trail for these viruses, for these vaccines. It is uh, everything that we see kind of on TV when it comes to biodefense, especially, which, which is basically everything. There's this weird smokescreen that goes on top of it. That's this like kind of fake uh, commercial TV version of it. But the reality is very different, you know, under, underneath the hood. Right. And that's what, like this whole thing with, with the HIV, the AIDS, um, you know, the the government has doing not just that, but any kind of respiratory stuff. So RSV vaccinations, um, things like that, anything that's dysenteric. So adenovirus, uh, dengue, yeah. uh, literally anything. Mm -hmm. um, these are anything that's vector borne. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Parasitic diseases. Weird. Mm -hmm. Um from other diseases and insects, anything sexually transmitted, including hepatitis, <clears throat> heptivax, in uh, the 1970s and then approved in the 1980s, that was, quote, wink, the first cancer vaccine, which most people don't know, mm -hmm. to prevent liver cancer. Uh, gonorrhea, mm -hmm. diseases associated with Biological warfare, malaria, dengue fever, Zika virus, acute respiratory syndromes, Middle East respiratory syndrome, hmm, which is SARS, MERS, um, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They have literally run pneumonia, mm -hmm. influenza, mm -hmm. all of that stuff through the DOD. Mm -hmm. It's the Spanish flu. I feel like this, I mean, the Spanish flu to me, it feels now very much uh, a similar op. I, I can't, Janet, go all the way back to 1776 yet. I'm willing to believe you. I'm inclined <laughs> to believe you because I love that. Like, I am totally, uh, like, let's say, revisionist history or alternative history, open-minded. Mm -hmm. I can go back to the 1800s, though, so I totally, I'm on board with you there. I mm -hmm. think with the COVID or with the HIV stuff, 
definitely the 50s. I mean, you start to see the whole polio vaccine, which mm-hmm. is, to me, at least for this um, epoch, like this recent history, the post-war period, like the polio vaccine is the founding myth. Much like we have, you know, about the Holocaust, we, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about, you know, um, right. slavery, whatever. You can't talk about the polio vaccine. It's a sacred shibboleth that we can't, like, attack or whatever. And it's, I think it's very traumatizing event, frankly. Like, I don't think we think about it, but all these, like, boomers, like my grandparents, they have, like, stayed scars and such. You know, it was this, like, kind of crazy thing. And it didn't, it, it wasn't what people think it is as you start to look into that right? solving illusions and all this um there's mm-hmm. already lots of uh, you know documentation there those people coming downstream with the polio vaccine and how they're going to like optimize that vaccine stimulates a lot of this research they're doing into the same field of quote-unquote cancer viruses they're i think in some ways possibly looking into how to counter the effects of what they maybe did because the way vaccine production works is it relies on like monkey tissues and monkey kidney pus and what i was you know? Just going to say, so enter the monkey, okay, because that was the the story, right, Mm -hmm. of of how it came about in the first place. And so most of the very severe viruses that have, viruses, wink, that have come through history, including, you know, the HIV epidemic and, of course, SARS, MERS, Mm -hmm. coronavirus, all have simian virus Mm -hmm. and them in the vaccination Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the process is crazy uh the process is crazy how they make those and interestingly enough simian virus has been manipulated and mutated so much um through the decades that it is one of the key indicators um, in retroviruses for cancer spike mm-hmm. proteins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, I think it's the, the homology, I think is the way you would describe it. It's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Luc Montagnier is the uh, co-discoverer, is how he's credited of HIV. The whole story of how that's discovered is his own rabbit hole because the official story is crazy where two different people simultaneously discovered the same exact virus at the same time on different continents but uh-huh. one of those guys uh-huh. is Montagnier he's this kind of like big in virology who I kind of interpret maybe as being a little bit maybe a little bit more of a straight shooter than some of the others without being quite so honest uh-huh. one of his final papers uh, he wrote in 2020 is analyzing COVID-19 and it's surprising, not really, I guess, but it's surprising not more is made of it because he says right there, this has surprisingly curious you know, homology to HIV and simian, uh, SIV, the, the two, those two mm-hmm. viruses, he names them specifically. And he basically, he calls it uh, like placed there with like the care of precision, the precision of a watchmaker. He's basically mm-hmm. saying that this is a man-made virus because he knows he was in all those labs in the 70s also researching, you know, cancer, quote unquote, viruses. He goes on to be you know, an HIV expert. And then, you know, I feel like kind of blew a whistle sort of on COVID-19. He, he passed away not long after that. He was he was old. It's hard to say. <laughs> There's, I think, too untoward there. But I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised with all those critics of the Fauci uh, Gallo regime do end up, you know, unfortunately being a lot of unfortunate ends, you know, including mm-hmm. including Carrie Mullis, the discoverer of PCR, and mm-hmm. the, the Streckers, uh, the, the brother of the you know two guys who were kind of putting this information out in the 80s uh ted strucker died 
allegedly of suicide. Uh, his brother, the, the doctor, says that it was completely like he was in good spirits and he talked to him the night before. The brother leaves no suicide note. Um, another associate of the Streckers, this uh, congressman, or it's a state congressman, I guess, uh, Douglas Huff of Illinois, had put on like a press conference with this material and was like blowing the whistle and saying, you know, hey, I think that there's like a bioweapons component to this virus. Um, he died as well, you know, of a drug overdose, I think, is his mm. official cause of death. And that story goes, I mean, it, they, it, that helped, like they killed them, I, I really believe, but it also killed the, the Strecker Memorandum, that, that document really didn't get like you know circulated it's not it's not like a loose change right you know there's i guess other kind of more iconic you know uh, even though they're alternative you know like legendary kind of pieces of uh conspiracy lore that's not one of them well and it makes sense that you know they they took strecker out by mm. by the clinton method mm -hmm. um because didn't he send like his mm -hmm. his memorandum to you know, Congress and, and alphabet agencies and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. A hundred percent. He sent it to like everybody in Congress, a bunch of uh, yeah, CIA, FBI, uh, the president. He was like, I want, they were doing it the way you're supposed to basically. He was a lawyer. So he was kind of being, you know, they were in the Strecker document. They, they put out two, right? There's a, a document that's actually like uh, called, this is a bio attack alert. It's a little bit of a dramatic title, but it kind of lays out the case. And then they make a video based off that. Memorandum. But it's not wrong. It's not wrong. I, I mean, you could quibble maybe with certain facts, maybe here or there. Like in the, like I think Strucker is really pro uh, that this wasn't a simian virus, for example. He's like, it's all bovine. Um, and to me, that's like again not as relevant because you can see they're doing research in this period into all different animals. So whether they use the monkey vector or a cow vector to grow it, they're they're playing the lab, right? Maybe it's both. It's probably likely it's a little bit of both because of the way these technologies work. They can recycle these particles these viruses that they're growing inside of these animals you know well and it's interesting uh the bovine component because um that is how we got smallpox <laughs> vaccinations and polio stuff <laughs> as well as a lot of the vaccinations on the federal schedule today they have bovine cell components in multiple mm -hmm. vaccines on our schedule and so it's one of those things where they've been experimenting with that stuff for so long and the story behind like the smallpox and the polio is is so like fascinating about how that <laughs> those things even came about and that was when the windfall of money grubbing took place right and they're like oh my god we can make these <clears throat> quote diseases and then we can create the cure and then we can turn around and sell them meds too for any kind of side effects huh. that they may have from these uh -huh. vaccinations which is exactly why pfizer BioNTech is raking in the money right now because their brand new drug that just happened to sneak its way through. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's all right. Sneak its, sneak its way through FDA approval is to treat myocarditis. And then now you see exactly the ads for childhood myocarditis. Like it's, you know, it's mm -hmm. normal. It's, I, I don't know. I think uh, with the 50s too, you have the post-war period, right? So it's... Uh, 
paperclip. You have a bunch of scientists and Correct. it's Nazi scientists. There's also Russian scientists. There's a lot of just this like kind of reshuffling in the background of, of mm-hmm. very smart people who were into some very like crazy research into things like this, how to reduce the population effectively. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's Nazi science effectively, you know? And, and that's, that's exactly what their, their target goal is. And what I, went off on a tangent but when i was talking about not being surprised that uh they were that strecker was taken out on in the hillary clinton method was because pharma is literally what upholds our government because it is such a mammoth entity and if people knew that going outside of pharma for anything that you need and you don't buy into the labeling and the fear porn of everything, they would crumble and our society would crumble. Our government would fall apart. Our monetary system would fall apart because it is such a monolithic organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would fall apart the way it works now, which is corrupting paying off all the like mm-hmm. losers and haters that are in congress etc uh you know that's it would it would pollute their grift it would, it would interrupt the rockefeller model it's like called the right. rockefeller medicine you know and i feel uh yeah i don't know i think that it's absolutely like rockefeller medicine paperclip science it's all eugenics technocracy once mm-hmm. you start to see these like one pushback I get is like, oh, but the you know the government wouldn't experiment on people. Like they wouldn't test. They like, have all throughout all history. All the time. Uh, there's one. So I live out here on the West Coast. I live in. You'll love this in San Francisco. Like I, I'm known to be a resident in the epicenter. Which do you I, poop on the streets? I just I need to know. No, I have special boots I wear. Which I kind of take like, in <laughs> spring, so I can just jump. So it's space boots. Uh, no, it's actually San Francisco. I think a little bit more base than people would realize. But that's a, neither here nor there. It's, it's it is changing a bit. We got rid of our, we got rid of our school board and our our DA. Give us, give us a break. But you know, out here, you know, out here, I, I know, I'm not sure my point. Other than, oh yeah, anyway, just out here, um, I, I lost my train. I'm always like this, Jan. I went down a, a rabbit hole. There's San Francisco. It's my now. fault. I said you know, boop. <laughs> it is like MK Ultra trigger. um but yeah no i just think uh yeah the depopulation thing though so oh yeah san francisco operation seabreeze i learned about this right strecker video he goes into some of these things they took a barge you know and i do want to be careful and strecker's careful in this way too it's not really the army it's not the military soldiers again they're probably they're running a boat it's contractor but there's a dod infrastructure a pentagon infrastructure that you know and sponsors these operations and they're out there spraying a barge full of like some kind of uh oh, i forget exactly the, the bacteria but these like known things to cause illness things that i think are found in like infection wounds and like hospitals right. where the bacteria comes from and it's they're fogging the city my, my grandparents lived here then i was like my goodness you know um and they were like oh yeah it, these particles concentrate in people's bodies like da, 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 like mm-hmm. nice and then things. what happens when that concentrates in your body then you have uh lung diseases and yeah. and stuff like that and mm-hmm. then damn it they have a vaccination for mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. already ready to go mm-hmm. and that's what people don't understand is that all of these things that come through weirdly on election years all the time <laughs> um they have these in the works for a long time because they know they're going to release whatever bioweapon quote, disease, disorder, 
<coughs> virus, etc. They've already got the uh, biologicals to treat. Mm -hmm. um, they've already got the vaccinations. They've got the um, the medications that you'll need afterwards for long-term use, just like now. Mm -hmm. um, we've heard that Zika virus is resurfacing. We've heard that um, deadly forms of Ebola are coming. Um, we've heard all kinds of different things. And if you take the time to look it up, the U.S. government already owns mm. all of the biologicals to treat and they've already got the vaccinations ready to roll out for literally everything. Mm -hmm. Dengue fever is supposed to be hitting the United States soon. So, mm. hmm. and that weird. It, oops, oh my gosh, I knocked my stuff down again. But, okay, you mentioned the, the dengue, there's the Ebola that comes up, I think, a lot. And then yes. the, the smallpox, these vaccines are always kind of uh, in the stockpile. I think it's Meryl Nast did a really good interview once on how they were trying to get the smallpox vaccine, you know, in the Bush years, they wanted to get everyone to take it. They kept trying to kind of push it. Oh my gosh. And they, they gosh, my stand is like a little bit broken. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, they were you were so it. excited you I broke your mic stand. Happens with every episode. Um, they basically, you know, they're trying to push it. And then they did, oh, monkeypox, which I think the monkeypox right. probably is some latent activated, you know, latently activated virus, probably from the vaccines from COVID. They Rob, isn't it weird that it, it ha weird. probably has components of uh, the HIV virus, which mm -hmm. is the simian virus, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and and it was only supposed to, again, affect gay men. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that they run this operation in summer of 22, and it's, mm -hmm. oh, gay men, go get your monkeypox virus. And that's right. what I'm learning from this guy, Nick, this program, Heptivax, you mentioned, which is this, mm -hmm. these trials. It's a Merck-produced product, and the NIH mm -hmm. sponsored in uh, like a few cities. I think there's three cities, and there's a second trial in, in six, but New York, you know, San Francisco, L.A., they target specifically gay men. And there's this mm -hmm. poster, this propaganda for it that's like, last chance, like sign up for the experimental the vaccine trials. It's got mm -hmm. this like cartoon kind of of like a chiseled like torso of a man. You know, it's appealing to like homosexuals. It's like up in the discos, it's up on like the gay cafes or whatever, you know, there's this program and all of the participants, no, I shouldn't say all, a lot of the participants who took this experimental vaccine, they lost track of, unfortunately, they couldn't find them to follow up. Like 50, 70% of them or somebody got AIDS, they, they died. And it happened before the official timeline. I think it's kind of important. The CDC, you know, officially is like this article in 81, I think. And they're like, oh, there's something happening. And it's like 83, it's discovered. But no, the, I, and I'm that's part of this series, the series, the unsilencing is I'm, I'm talking to people who are like, no, late 70s, 76, 77, mm -hmm. 78, gay men were dying of exactly what became AIDS. And so- right. Why Why not be, first of all, why not be forthcoming about the timeline? That's curious, right? And again, why would they? Because at the same time, all these people are running these experiments and vaccine trials, they are about to go and become full-time HIV experts in just a few years. Exactly. And um, because it actually happened in the 70s, hmm. and, and Dr. Fauci um, swept it under the rug, because there were multiple doctors that were contacting him going, hey, we're, 
we're seeing this new thing. We don't know what it is. They were also trying to get him to use and approve Bactrim off-label to treat because doctors that had been using it off-label to treat had amazing success, you know, and Dr. Fauci, of course, Ooh. just like he did with the remdesivir, was like, nope, nope, mm -mm. we have to go with AZT. That's the Ooh. only thing we're going to approve. AZT is it. And all these other doctors are like, I'm telling you, Bactrim will treat it. And we don't need this new drug. But just like the remdesivir, Dr. Fauci had a money deal with the pharma for him mm -hmm. to be monetarily incentivized to approve AZT. Mm -hmm. uh, the, I think it's the Bayh-Dole Act of like 1980 allows private, you know, citizens, quote unquote, employees of the federal government to do taxpayer funded research convert that research into personal patents and get rich off of it, which means they could do work funded by us, be employees of the government, like Fauci or another site, a Gallo, mm -hmm. whoever, and then, you know, go around and turn and sell it to Moderna, quote unquote, whatever that is, right. and then make all the, the profits, and then not even, as he bragged in Congress, not to disclose them. They're like, oh, we don't, oh that's against the, the policy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, are you serious? They have such an insane grip in open face you know you can see mm -hmm. it and you can see it you know but it's there and it's getting people to be aware of the fact that private you know government employees can make personal profit off of their research into viruses and vaccines that mm -hmm. should bring alarm bells i think most people don't even realize that's a possibility well and that's that's frightening to think how many of our congress members own stock in mm -hmm. biological mm -hmm. companies mm -hmm. Um, Diane Feinstein had a shit ton of stock and I can't remember what the company's name was, but guarantee that company is working on something that is going to be approved mm -hmm. here in the very near future. Now here's, um, here's something interesting. If I can find it again, I got to tell you this. Um, and most people don't know this. But um, when I was talking about the uh, bioweapons uh, treaty earlier mm -hmm. that, that prevents <laughs> the United States and 197 other member states from having any bioweapons, right? Um, do you know who one of the uh, states is that will not sign and will not ratify? Oh, uh, that, you, that you mentioned earlier? California? No, no. <laughs> I was like, uh, something no. that's been in the news a lot lately. Oh my goodness, Janet. I'm Starts sorry. with an I. Oh my gosh. Wait, did we talk about Iowa? <laughs> Israel. Oh, that country. I don't know why I was yeah. thinking the United States. Well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that, that interesting? interesting? You know who yeah. else is not a signatory <laughs> on that? Who? Oh, well, I mean, they're the same country. Hello. It's the, I mean, they're the same country. And the funny thing is that we have very large biological laboratories in both of those places. It, Israel, not just, okay, they do the bio labs, 
they do all this hormone production for cross-sex hormones for kids, which they don't need. That it's not a thing. There's a market for that, though. So they make those. They make the vaccine. They do a lot of vaccine production. They, mm-hmm. they I don't know. They, it's, it's, but it's also there. And I want to be a little cautious because I will say this: they also ran a. a ghastly vaccine program on their own people they made everybody in israel take multiple jabs they made pregnant mm-hmm. women take these jabs so it's like uh, you know i do want to be careful because it's like this is not uh, us versus them on that level it's a top-down struggle between like very sinister powerful people who right. even sacrifice of course us uh, the americans will sacrifice you know, their own people these nations will take will stand against their own people that's like really what the heart of this the story well that's okay because they'll just eat us uh, because that's their new thing that is that cannibalism <laughs> should be accepted and so to control population we should just be cannibalistic <laughs> i'm gonna toxify my adrenochrome so they won't like it i'll give them a bad trip i'm gonna take I'm gonna, that's gonna be my supplement i'm gonna start this away. tastes yeah. like asparagus <laughs> gross <laughs> just like ah that's not baby's blood <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it does, you know, and it's interesting, another connection with uh, these countries. I want to, you mentioned Pfizer before and their connections to like the military industrial complex, or maybe they are. Their production facility in Germany, I, I don't remember the exact name, it's German and long, but it's in the same exact facility that IG Farben, you know, produced the chemicals, the toxins, the Zyklon B that they mm-hmm. use, you know. Allegedly in the gas chambers. I don't know how far I want to go, but yeah, they're mm-hmm. part of this apparatus. They're part of this war machine. Same production company, and it feels mm-hmm. to me like uh, our facility. It just feels to me like you know you take the stickers off the fronts of all these different countries and these co- corporations, and mm-hmm. sometimes change the names, change what you call it. Maybe it's genetic recombination. Right now, next day it's gaining a function, and you just constantly swap out all these variables. But the bones, you know, the architecture of a lot of this. Once you start to really get under the hood. It becomes really easy to see it across time, uh, especially mm-hmm. in my post-war period. Uh, it's, it's hard for me not. It's hard for me to separate in some ways. I have to be careful. I'm talking to some of these people who survived HIV and AIDS because it was a very different experience. You know, the, the death mm-hmm. was nightmarish in the, that crisis. I don't know anyone, you know, personally who died of COVID. I know people did die, but I think it, it's so similar in so many ways. You know, there's the right. complete distortion of fear, and then the covering up of the deaths. That you mentioned AIDS, right? You know, it's so similar to remdesivir or the vaccines where you're blaming the illness when it's really the cure that's doing the, the harm. There, there, there's mm-hmm. so parallels. And, you know, when when we were talking earlier about <clears throat> the honeycomb of, of mm-hmm. facilities, like mm-hmm. all literally all over the world and in the different places. And one of our biggest laboratory partnerships mm-hmm. is in Africa with the DOD, right? And isn't it odd that Africa is literally the testing ground for, I don't know, probably 90% or more of anything, the HIV, the Zika virus, um, Ebola, Ebola, dengue, literally everything. Mm-hmm. runs through Africa and there has been notorious instances throughout history since the DOD you know started quote manufacturing vaccinations mm-hmm. and researching these bioweapons that um lots all these people over there they need to get uh 
hepatitis or they need to get tetanus toxoid mm -hmm. vaccines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then reports are coming in that uh, all of the women that were forced to get these tetanus vaccinations were sterile. They couldn't get mm -hmm. pregnant. They couldn't reproduce. We're going the depopulation agenda, huh? Um, same thing happening here, modern day. Women are being affected from this COVID vaccination because of sterility issues. Men are having trouble keeping their sperm count or having a sperm count because what's in the vaccination to sterilize people. Or they gave uh, HPV vaccine in the early 2000s. And they started that over in Africa. Just uncertain tribes, right? We got to pick and choose which, which populations we do. And they were having all kinds of stomach issues and you know intestinal problems and whatever from these vaccinations and so all throughout history we've not only experimented on people in other countries again dr fauci aids hepatitis b tied to both and he sent a bunch of hepatitis b tainted blood overseas to other blood banks knowing that it was tainted so he was involved in a whole blood debacle scandal at a certain point i, I mean i'm a very spiritual person i guess you know i i, I i'm a believer right so yep, at a certain same. point you can't not see it as right. a, a, an unconscious force of evil, like a hidden hand of just like corruption. It's something very dark, but something mm -hmm. intelligent. Like honestly, it's something very uh, sophisticated. That it's a on one level, it's not. I can understand how a small few powerful people could orchestrate very crazy things. You know that would, if I mm -hmm. detailed, would make me sound crazy. But I understand how you can manage resources, how you can uh, set a plan into motion. But this is right. quite ingenious. It's an ingeniously right. designed operation that is. Itself, uh, I don't know the right word, but it kind of like it's a cover up and a crime in progress. So, like every iteration, part of the cover up is a new iteration of the crime. So, it's like mm -hmm. it's like snake eating its tail, right? And it just keeps going. Judy Mikovits, who I, I mentioned earlier, who I, I, I love, I think, uh, I she's a really fascinating, fascinating, incredibly uh, interesting woman. You call it the plague of corruption. And I think that's mm -hmm. like, exactly what it is. It's just this like systematic and in the process, too. It's not just that they're creating. Uh, harmful outcomes for people medically, and then, you know, selling people more poison to cover it up, etc. They're systematically taking away your agency and your ability to have self-care, to see the doctor. Autonomy. For your doctor. Autonomy and your own medical decision-making. For yours, for your doctor, because as we've seen with now COVID, it's happening quite quickly that the agency of the doctor is being removed. It's a, a prescriptive system where the, like, you know, the communist commissar tells the doctors what medicine to prescribe. This kind of right. one size fits all. And that it strikes me as counterintuitive. I'm not a scientist, but I'm like, I can see why my health needs would be different than a person in Africa, for example. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So it's like, uh, it, it's very, it's frightening. And so I think uh, there is this bigger picture to it that I get, it is jarring. It can be a bit black feeling for people. I, I caution people not to go too heavy into it if it's like not the right time for them. But mm -hmm. to me, 
it's something that I think it's important for everyone to be aware of because the more people aware of it, the people like you and I who are in it and like really knee deep into it, have that support from the other people and you can get so much more done. The awareness and the raising of the consciousness of these issues is so critical. I think it goes beyond even like activism or whatever action. It's just like people need to have this information so that we all right. be powerful. Right. And I agree. And, you know, thinking back on like experimentation on people mm. um, for anybody that is new, that doesn't know that the government actually experiments on people on a regular basis, mm -hmm. um, start with something very basic called the Tuskegee experiment. Mm -hmm. um, because that, of course, and, and that's in the purview of the DOD, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sexually transmitted diseases. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's so much information out there and you can't use Google. Uh, you can't just stick with, you know, sites like that. You have mm -hmm. to go outside of that. Um, there's archive.org where you can look up information uh, that they like to take down because Bill Gates has been sued a lot from <laughs> Africa, India, <clears throat> over <laughs> vaccine injuries and stuff. But if you Google that um, or, you know, use DuckDuckGo or, or whatever, you're not going to find those because they have been removed. They've been hidden. <laughs> and here's here's a little ditty about Mr. Gates. Um, Mr. Gates has, uh, entered into a memorandum of understanding, uh, with the FDA. Um, and this went into effect in 2017. This, uh, MOU, this memorandum of understanding skirts any FOIA request. So he has secretive communications with the FDA for things that he wants to approve, and those will stay secretive because they are not under the purview of, of FOIA. Wow. Um, and oddly enough, 10 of the 11 past FDA commissioners left the FDA and went on to work uh, in very large roles for all of the big pharmaceutical players. Um, two previous employers, one is Murray Lumpkin. Uh, he was worked for the FDA for 24 years. Uh, he is now serving as a senior advisor to um, the FDA commissioner on Bill Gates' uh, board for global issues. He's the now he's the deputy director of regulatory affairs at the Gates Foundation now. So since he had a career in regulating drugs, um, he can tell Bill Gates exactly what he needs to do to skirt FDA regulations. Another employee that just left the FDA is Margaret Hamburg. Um, she served as commissioner for the FDA from. 20 or 2009 to 2015 she is now on the scientific advisory board at the gates foundation which also uh meets with the fda on a regular basis because you know bill gates is a scientist 
<laughs> um, and so they're, uh, they have a very massive partnership with the federal government and the federal government actually gets grants and funding from Bill and Melinda Gates. So the NIH, uh -huh. hence the DOD, also gets a lot of money from Bill and Melinda Gates and his experimental vaccinations that he likes to use on Indian and African citizens. Uh -huh. And now Americans in the whole world because uh -huh. they saw, and, and you're describing that, Janet, it's like it's such important and it's scary information. And I, I, uh -huh. I, I truly, I don't see them as separate, like, entities like you've got your DOD, not. NIH, you've got your your private sector businesses, you've got your private NGOs or whatever. It's all one company with like kind of just different offices is like I almost mm -hmm. love to tell people to think about it because it, people start to get really hung up on like, oh, the, the government's running everything or like the pharma is running everything. And then like, it's this group of people running everything and right. running it through these kind of channels and, these, and they'll switch it up and they do it to like offshore or to offset my right. To do it to evade law. Like, I cannot believe that thing that MOU has that, that doesn't have to comply with F, like FOIA in it. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I did it again. It's just insane to me. Do you know what I mean? Like that would even be uh, like written down. Like I, I don't know. And it's like, well, so what is Bill Gates? You know, and then to me, and I think I don't even think of Bill Gates. He's as, a he's, he's a, a philanthropic organization. Wink, sure, wink. Sure. He yeah. has your self, your your safety and public health. Uh, well, in his wishes, he. I'll say that my most charitable read of Bill Gates could be that maybe he's just like a super autistic, like sweet angel boy who does not understand at all what's going on. That's being preyed upon by these evil uh, super villains controlling him behind the scenes. And he's like, I just want to make vaccines. Why does everyone hate me? And it's just like he's a complete like low IQ moron. That would be the only way that, which maybe could be true, honestly. Like Elon Musk too. Sometimes I'm like, are you fully all, all the way there? Because I think a lot of these people are cut out. Are you so, autistic? I think <laughs> you might be. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of these people are placeholders for or whatever just like joe biden you know what i mean how he it's like who oh, he's definitely a placeholder exactly. i think he's a placemat <laughs> hey he's he is the poor dear i almost feel bad <laughs> speaking ill of the dead like that but you know they be like but the poor like these like elon just because uh elon or, or bill gates or any of these kind of pharma front people albert borla the creepy fucker right it's because they can speak better than joe biden and seem reasonably more alive I don't know that they're, I kind of see them, they're they're powerful, sure, but whatever is behind this agenda seems to be bigger than those individuals. And, and I don't think Bill Gates came up with the idea as himself of like vaccinating the world, you know what I mean? And using mRNA, there is this deeper agenda that's somewhere behind you know, the throne that's kind of powering. I think a lot of these people, and I think, well, they will absolutely use, they'll throw Fauci in their mood bust in a heartbeat if they had to, or Bill Gates. They'll let him get thrown to the wolves and the pitchforks or whatever, if they needed to. Because I think those people are far more expendable than, in some ways than we realize. That doesn't mean we should take the heat off of them. I think they all belong in jail. I, I, I want to see, you know, tribunals. I want to see some... Right. I would, I would love to see, especially Dr. Fauci, because mm -hmm. in, in my lifetime, there's been so many things that he has been personally involved with from the AIDS, the hepatitis, the blood scandal, um, the swine flu, the avian flu, SARS, MERS, COVID, uh, literally scandal, 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 scandal. And this man is not accountable to mm -hmm. anyone. There's no one 
to hold him accountable. Mm -hmm. And he's not an elected official. You know, no one works in government as long as Fauci did. Nobody gets a, nobody gets away with it being so bad at their job. You know what I mean? Like we're exploding disease and, and infections, are, you know, are spreading as he's supposed to be, you know, stopping them. And uh, he is such a little sorcerer himself. He lies and he does these little word games and he does it in Congress. They, he's like, I'm not lying because I'm twisting the truth. He's always right. bending the We sentences. do not fund gain-of-function research. <laughs> Really, because it's on the grant applications. Because like I said before, when you have high-level biolabs, there are specific regulations, federal regulations that you have to follow to apply for any kind of funding or grant. Mm -hmm. That paperwork is there, but it's like you as the public have no access to that. But just know that also you as the public with your generous tax dollars are funding bioweapons to be used. And people should know because it's crazy to say don't pay your taxes now, right? I wouldn't not do that. I wouldn't dream of it right now, but I can dream of a world where that is possible, where people are going to say like, hey, this is, we're not paying for this war. We're like, the only thing that's really prohibiting it right now is these silos these information kind of uh, bubbles and these the censorship mm -hmm. campaigns and the more that people can just get this like out there and i'm seeing i think there is change i see people like using cash in places and kind of interestingly more like i think there is a, a change on kind of almost like a local level but people need to get kind of wise we need to wise up a little bit so that we can take like actually so there can be you know real hearings like uh, electing real congress people who don't are you know these like part of the unit party or getting like and i'm not a super political solutions person because i think a lot of these are spiritual problems it is a spiritual right. battle, but there are things that we, we, could, we could through our spiritual faith manifest here i think we could bring about uh justice because that's all that look, i don't i'm not saying that you should do anything crazy or untoward but i want to be there not just fauci gallo this other scientist you know who's really part of the aids thing he mm -hmm. i think he's kind of He's the Don's Don. Like, I think Fauci's the front man, and Gallows is like very slimy figure who's uh, doing the research, even a little bit older than uh, Fauci, but he's still around as well. And just up to his neck in all this research, kind of to me, he reminds me of the, uh, the Fauci of AIDS in the early days where he kind of just makes declarations, and that's that's mm -hmm. the science, and that isn't science, right? You know, and there right. all these figures need to go to, you know, up on, up on, jail, on jail. And that's that's the, um, the key thing in in anything that you try to bring to light as far as scientific research, scientific information, uh, medical information, et cetera, et cetera, the, the go-to answer is you're a science denier. You cannot question science. Do you not understand the scientific principle that if you don't question, uh -huh. it's just an idea? It's a thesis. Everything is a thesis. Mm -hmm. And so actually um, isolating any virus, mm. bacteria, mm -hmm. it is literally a thesis, has not been proven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I, uh, the more I... The more I understand things like the Koch postulate or just what isolation is, the more I'm like, woo! Like I, I think we're, I think we're just been given a short-sighted, very limited view of what virology is. Mm -hmm. If you like a really skit, so I kind of think virologists are like necromancers, kind of. I think they're like kind of summoning like these 
entities from the other world. It's so psycho to me that they would name themselves after, or like name viruses after themselves that like paralyze and cripple and kill people. And it's like, right. that's me. I'm Epstein and I'm Barr. Let's like, right. on it. It's crazy. Like, I don't <laughs> and know together what... we created super, <laughs> super deadly. It's awful. It's like, I don't know, you see someone like paralyzed in public, you're like, you know, I'm Epstein of Epstein Barr. Is that like, is that what you have? Like, do you know what I mean? Like who's, who are these psychopaths? And so the more you, you learn just about that history, I don't know. There's something very dark for the reverse transcriptase. Like, where the hell did that come from? Why is mm -hmm. that our creation? That doesn't really make sense to me, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I do think there's kind of this dark, like, kind of esoteric angle to it. I don't lead with that. It's like, maybe not to be the most popular way to like, <laughs> get my message out. But there is, like, you know, I guess uh, I do privately or personally believe that, like, a spiritual war element to this, you know? And I think it's the more you study it, the more uh, it both becomes real, but you also feel kind of resolved from that in a way. You feel like, okay, I can I can do this. I can fight in this. It's important. Well, and what you said was genius because the like the retrovirus and, and stuff, it uses RNA to go into a host cell to change the DNA <laughs> and mess up the structure and copy it to what the RNA is. And so reverse transcriptase, same kind of thing. They're working on biological weapons to change us biologically, genetically, so that we are not the creation that God intended. We are more like the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. Or whatever the Anunnaki were experiencing. Mm -hmm experimenting with mm -hmm. you know whatever they are trying to make us test tube humans mm -hmm. and that is why in almost every vaccination on the schedule and i talk about this all the time if you go to cdc.gov and type in vaccine excipient summary it will bring up a link that you click on from the pink book that gives you literally every single additive to every vaccination on the federal schedule. They've got heavy metals, they've mm -hmm. got detergents, they've got antibiotics. Why do you need antibiotics uh -huh. in a vaccination? Uh -huh. Very weird. Uh -huh. um, they have cow, pig, uh, monkey, human, beetle, yes, yes. human cells. Uh -huh. They literally have all kinds of toxic ingredients, hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But anytime they give you different cells from another human, different cells from cats, pigs, dogs, whatever they want to experiment with, they are changing your DNA. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Plain and simple. Uh -huh. And whose idea would that be? You know, I think you uh, you named a few potential. I, I call them like uninvited visitors sometimes. It's like, and I'm like, whoever invited them here, they're not here now. We need to tell them to go home. Whatever is behind right. this, you know, whether it's a let's say like a dark impulse in man or a force beyond our comprehension. Regardless, right. you think go. It's not from here, right? Um, right. And I think, but also, and I, I think. For me, I've learned a lot in this kind of journey that like health does start at a spiritual level too. Like you're right. definitely downstream of that. And that's not to say like, don't take your medicine or whatever. Or don't, you know, take mm -hmm. care of your body. That's important. It's a gift, you know, but there is, 
I think we can heal ourselves. I think we can heal the planet. Like Judy, uh, Judy Mikovits talked about this uh, during her Stop the, the Mandate speech, which was a really important time for me personally. It was just like a hard, dark time that I was up against some crazy mandate stuff myself, you know? And like, mm -hmm. uh, she said we can heal the world basically. <laughs> it's like so cheesy, but uh, she means it scientifically there. We can do it with the things that we have here on this planet. With actual real science, proven yes. things like, like ancient Chinese medicine, uh, herbals, uh, uh, plant life, all kinds mm -hmm. of things on this planet that we were giving, even things that, you know, if somebody grew up in church their whole life, they're like, oh, you should not use uh, gemstones. You should not believe mm -hmm. in crystals. You should not mm -hmm. whatever. Well, guess what? God made them and he put them here mm -hmm. and they have properties for a reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and so if we can use minerals that are natural and, you know, herbals and, and all of those kind of things, life is going to be so much better. And and stop believing the fear porn and the labeling system. Um, I, I almost feel like we're like on a strip in a label maker. And it's like, you're gay. You're retarded. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're retarded, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're yeah, exactly yeah you're not they have to keep making these new ones they're getting weirder and weirder they're like you're like a, a furry you're a they them it's like what what are the machines broken it's spitting out nonsense <laughs> <laughs> now we're making up words yay <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it is it's like very well stated janet i just feel yeah i don't know i think that we we don't need all that i think it, it's like a, it is a spell and i think the spell can mm -hmm be broken i think uh you know we, we there is possibility but it's like i i don't know it is it does come down to really just being oh we need to be aware of these things because i think the way they've gone away with this is through that silence you know the silence you know that's why it was like we need to unsilence it we you know, backlash to this kind of moment of history and i think you know even strecker in his video talks about this uh, his name is Royal Wright, this scientist from the 20s who does research into sound waves. And he was like, mm -hmm. oh, I think you can shatter a, a virus particle with sound, which like, sure, sound has healing properties. I totally believe it, right? So it's like, uh, why is, uh, there, there are things that we could be exploring. So it's not even necessarily to me like, oh, technology's bad or this, this, like things are bad, you know, like, no, it's just they need to be built in a way that's like, not harmful to people like maybe there are vaccines that work i don't really right now but like i would say in theory there is a medicine there are medicines that can be maybe synthesized that are based on the principles of science and creation and nature you know and those would work you know but what's being made now is just poison it's just right like poison you know and and looking back through you know uh, times before us like ages mm -hmm. long ago and and their use of like water for healing and sound and frequency and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And like you were talking about with the sound waves, they literally use sound waves to break up kidney stones. Um, they can use it on like your feet. If you have problems with your feet, they, they literally use that all of the time. But if you were to try to do something on your own, and make a product on your own that people could use on a regular basis, the government will literally come after you <laughs> because they do that all the time for anybody that invents 
something that is holistic and healing to the human body. They'll arrest you if you collect your rainwater in my state. Like they like mm-hmm. you need to put some fluoride on that before you drink it. You know? Hey, <laughs> they don't want you collecting rainwater because they do not want you testing it to see what the hell is coming out of the chemtrails. I'm just saying. Probably very true as well. <laughs> and also they would be able to use their drought like nonsense as a political, you know, cudgel. All these, you know, all these things. It's a separate world, the climate stuff, but it's all really one thing. You know, it's all these weird tools, mm-hmm. distortions of the science. Exactly. Well, darling, tell everyone where they can find you at. For sure. Uh, you can find me at my website, backlash.org. That's B-A-C-K-K-L-A-S-H.org. Uh, the blog, the pod, it's all linked to from there. I weirdly have two Twitters. I've bifurcated across two timelines. You know, there's a time machine malfunction, but follow me at DJ Poolhouse. There's other uh, links. You can find them all on my website to get everything you need. And Jenna, this was just so fun. I'm thank you for having me. Like I, I'm gonna like go run around the block like a puppy after this. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> then the police really are gonna come and pick you up. Pick you up. It's, it's what like, is that guy doing? Please, <laughs> in this city, like the least of their problems is me. I'll be He's dressed. dancing naked on top of a car. Don't worry. <laughs> he just had a fun time. <laughs> so that was the least I could do to get attention here, please. Until I, yeah, I, please, I could shit on the street and still not get attention here. <laughs> exactly. Are you me? I can do it. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> hey, now that President Chi is gone, feel free to poop on the street anytime you want to. Oof, oof, that was the whole, I should tell you about, I'll tell you about that whole affair sometime because that was the, the multiple psyops on multiple levels being around here. And, uh, but I'm glad that our, the real president of America left. It was, there was a lot of Adam here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> The real president of America went back to China. He went back to China. Thank goodness. Oh my gosh, no, Janet. I, I was near the Chinese embassy the other day, and there was like a black lady security guard out in front. I was like, "Damn, the Biden economy is hitting hard." I was like, "They can't even hire like a really good security guard." She looked like she was on her fifteen. I was like, "Are you seriously just sitting out there?" I was like, "You're the Chinese embassy," and it was like, "I don't know." So things. It's don't believe what, what you is she gonna do if stuff pops off? <laughs> we know what she did. Nowhere to be found. She will be nowhere to be found. Uh, I just feel like a lot of the ways everything's uh, represented, you know, in the news is there's multiple layers of distortion. And just when you think you know something, let me tell you, maybe you don't. The city is very interesting in many ways, but it's not like everything you see on TV. It is There is a lot of shit on the streets, though. I won't, I won't yeah, say. there is a lot of shit on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens in San Francisco is the it happens everywhere. This is just the test ground. This is just the early phase. I tell you, just... Uh, be careful. Don't before you hate on your neighbor. Just be, you know, put your, yourself in my shoes for a minute because they're coming for you. Everything they do to the city, they're trying to do to everyone, and it's an economic war. Everything is every, oh, yeah. everyone hates about San Francisco. It's a part of an economic war. So that's my my plea to you. Maybe we'll, we'll come back and talk city politics sometime. <laughs> uh, Jenny, but no, it was so much fun having uh, having uh, being on the show. So thank you. I, I get into host mode sometimes. <laughs> it was my pleasure, and I knew we were going to hit it off. So, you know, it was. It was a fantastic conversation, and I, I just, I'm so happy that I met you. Mm-hmm. I'm very honored that I met you and that you agreed to come on as a guest. So thank you. 
100%. Thank you. Likewise, I hope we can talk again. And uh, yeah, just thank you for like, yeah. And if your listeners, you know, don't completely revolt, I totally get it. <laughs> Some people are not for everybody, you know, if, if that's the case, you know, just keep your, keep your There's no going. revolting here. <laughs> they know they're thank stuck you. with me for, for a long time. So there thank you go. You. Thank you, Janet. So for me and for DJ Poolhouse, make sure you go like, comment, share, subscribe, and download his show. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at DJ Poolhouse. And we will see you next time, guys. Have a good one. Goodbye. <laughs>